Hey there, Disney Cruise fans, it's Wes. I want to quickly tell you about the summer promotion that my travel agency is offering for Disney Cruise Line. If you book a new cruise and travel by September 30th, you'll be eligible for $50 in onboard credit on top of our already great rates. And if it's a cruise for seven nights or longer, you'll get an extra $100 in onboard credit. If you're planning to cruise this summer, you don't want to miss out on this offer. Of course, if you're looking to book a cruise further into the future, I would love to help you with that as well. If you're interested or if you'd like more information, send me an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Welcome to episode number 141 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes, and I think you'll find that this week's episode is a little different from the ones that you're used to hearing here, but I really enjoyed it, and I think that you will too. Please, if you haven't already, go listen to the short news episode that I posted last week to make sure that you're all caught up on the exciting things happening with Disney Cruise Line right now. But without further ado, let's get to this week's show. So based on my experiences helping families plan their cruise vacations, most fly in kind of the day before or the day of their cruise and then fly home on disembarkation day. A common exception is obviously cruises that depart from Port Canaveral where families will plan a pre or post cruise visit to Walt Disney World. But in some cases, the cruise is just a portion of the overall vacation. And I, I really love to hear how families prioritize their vacation time and turn their their amazing cruise experience into an extended overall vacation experience. With pre and post cruise plans, there's tons of research involved and a lot of logistics to plan, which is which is what we're going to get into in this episode. My guest this week recently returned from a 10-night Iceland, Norway, and France cruise with his wife, Kelsey, uh, which departed from Southampton. They had a a long list of things that they wanted to do and see, and and even though their experiences were specific to this cruise from Southampton, I I think there's a, a lot of great takeaways that can be helpful for planning a vacation around a cruise from any destination. So with that, I'd like to welcome Chris back to the show. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on hey thanks for having me Wes I really appreciate it and also thanks for planning uh that middle portion of the trip that was so amazing for me and my wife it was it was my pleasure and and I I know we have a lot to get to and you know we're going to focus mostly on your planning and your experiences around the cruise but I do want to touch briefly on the cruise itself can you just quickly tell us which ports of call you visited and then maybe give us just a high-level summary of your thoughts on each of the ports or, or maybe the highlights on each of the ports that you visited. Sure. So uh, we left out of Southampton. We didn't spend any time there in Southampton itself. We just kind of went uh, out to the ship that day. We passed through Stonehenge on the way, hmm. um, but we can talk more about that in a bit. From there, you know, left on time out of Southampton for the most part and headed to Cherbourg, France the next morning. That is an incredible po- incredibly popular cruise destination as far as the places to see there are Mont Saint-Michel, parts of uh, obviously uh, the Normandy beaches because it's the north end of France there. And then there's you know, there's a lot of great like cultural things like going to a cheese factory and seeing some uh, you know uh, places where they make wine on the north of France and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, that's a popular stop for that. Then from there, it, uh, spent two days at sea. 
and had it was scheduled for three stops in Iceland, but uh, one was canceled prior to the cruise because the uh, they hadn't they were doing some work around the the harbor the pier in Iceland and as a result, uh, ships all summer have been canceling from that port. Mm. Yeah, and I think you you got the notification literally like two day, a day or two before, right? That 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 your day uh, in that port was going to be canceled. It was the yeah, it was one or two days actually before we left for London. So okay, it was yep. around or about the fifteenth of July, sixteenth mm-hmm. of July, and the cruise departed uh, that Saturday after. Okay. I believe. So it was either Friday or Saturday after it was the 21st or 22nd, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was a few days ahead of time. It wasn't great notice that, that you know, those things are what they are. Yeah. So, and, uh, and I forget, they didn't, did they, they didn't substitute it with a different port. You, they just, you, did you have an extra day at sea? We had an extra day okay. at sea. Which a, a lot of folks in like the Facebook group were upset about that because you, Typically, don't take a European cruise so you can have more days at sea than sure, you have yeah, at port. Yeah. But uh, to be quite honest, my wife and I hit it so hard in Reykjavik with all the hikes we were on and stuff like that that I was the day at sea was a welcome sure. uh, uh, addition to the cruise, at least for me and my old feet. So yeah. <laughs> um, after that, uh, so we stopped at Reykjavik. There's a lot of like outdoors things to do in Reykjavik uh, when you look across, and that's the way it is for Iceland, uh, kind of in total. There's some some tours that kind of get you into the culture, but if you're going to Iceland, it's because you want to see amazing waterfalls and geysers and mud pots. You know, it, 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 there's a lot of beautiful things that occur there that don't uh, occur in too many other places in the world. I think just Yellowstone and and maybe some spots of Hawaii or uh, New Zealand, right? Like there's just, there's not a lot of spots in the world where you can see what you can see there. I will say uh, I've been to a couple of different places in the world. And uh, while there were sheep and horses aplenty in Iceland, uh, there was not the amazing like you know, like if you go to Yellowstone, there's there's bison and deer yeah. and elk and bears, and it really wasn't that. It kind of okay. It, it, there was definitely this empty feeling sure. when it came to the wildlife uh, while we were there. You know, we saw some birds and stuff like that, but at least in the places we went to, okay, uh, kind of that empty feeling. Uh, at, well, uh, real quick, was it was it midnight sun season in in uh, in Iceland, or or has that or had that already? pass i forget what time of year that happens so so it we were on the tail end of it i would say so some cruises up that way had seen northern lights before but it's really hard because of how late the sun is yeah right you are at the arctic circle or just above it uh for some of the 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 trip so that's pretty cool the next stop uh was and i'm gonna mess up the name of some of these um (laughs) understandable uh, i think it's uh accurate again a lot of similar outdoors waterfalls type excursions to go on and see and then uh after that it was a day at sea and it stopped in Olesund which is a small town in Norway of about 70 to 80,000 and it spread out uh, across a couple of different uh islands there 
from a kind of a things to do there standpoint. There's a lot of hiking. There's an incredibly popular excursion uh, where you hike uh, the Path of the Trolls, maybe it's titled. Uh, we did not do that one. We actually went out to uh, an island. Uh, it's called Giski and Godoy, and you see uh, a lighthouse, and it takes you to uh, on a different island and uh, takes you to a, a kind of a church, although the church was unavailable that day because there was a wedding. Uh, and it takes you up to kind of a lookout uh, above Olson there, which is uh, an incredible, incredibly popular tourist spot for people to go to. Even if they don't have an excursion, you can kind of hike up that way yourself or find some uh, local transportation to get your way up there and just get a beautiful view of the city from the top. Okay. Um, and then after that, uh, we were at sea before uh, coming into Copenhagen where we disembarked. Awesome. That's great. So I, I think many people would agree, and probably you as well, Chris, that the onboard experiences of a, a cruise vacation, you know, the part where you're physically on the ship and kind of enjoying its amenities, is relatively similar from one family to the next and from one cruise to the next. So obviously it depends on who you're cruising with and what your personal preferences are. But the offerings on board don't change much. So I was really excited to talk with you about your experiences kind of outside the onboard experience and all the, you know, kind of the planning tips that you have for making your vacation such a memorable one. So you spent some time in London before your cruise. I know you did some shore excursions kind of on your own, and then you spent some time in Europe a little bit after your cruise. So why don't we just kind of start there and have you tell us a little bit about what you did, how you planned these things, and, and we'll just kind of get into it that way. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's perfect. So I'm just going to start off with like there's like five things right away that I kind of I go after when I start looking to plan a trip. And for us, we live in North Dakota, so when we invest in the plane tickets to go on a cruise – we're usually finding something else to go along with it uh, when we go just because, uh, you know, air travel is getting more and more. My wife's a school teacher, so we, we travel in the summer uh, during peak time. So it's nice to, you know, kind of put your arm around this type of city or this experience that you can get along the way. So the, the big ones I spent my time on, obviously, podcasts. There's a really good one I know called uh, the DCL dude. Uh, obviously, <laughs> listen to that one uh, whenever there's a new episode on the day the new episode's available. Uh, there's a couple other as we, we listen to, and then I really dipped into YouTube quite a bit. There are a couple of good YouTube channels for the locations we were going. The next one that I like to look at is looking up city passes, or the different cards that they have available in cities that let you hit uh, uh, multiple stops in that city for a flat rate uh, can be a really good resource for mm. you, especially if you're traveling with a larger group because you can budget for that ahead of time. So you don't have to worry about are you going to have time to, you know, hit this museum, hit this location, hit this observation point and, and how much that's going to cost. You can budget out for the card, use the card for, you know, whether it's a 24 hour card or a 72 hour card and then you uh, can move on from there. Group tours are always a great resource. Obviously, uh, when you cruise, a lot of people experience uh, group tours and excursions. The nice part about those is they're lower cost because you're going in a group and it divides up the cost. But they are less personal. Yeah. And you're kind of at the will of the group that you're moving with, right? You, know, you can only move <laughs> right. as fast as the slowest person in those <laughs> right. group tours. But we do use them from time to time. Obviously, uh, Viator and TripAdvisor are a great resource for those. But there's some profit sharing and higher costs that go with booking through those. Almost like uh, the difference between booking through Disney for a port adventure and finding a port adventure on your own. So Yeah. So Viator, uh, Chris, when I was doing research for Alaska port adventures, Viator was one of those ones 
one. So how how does that work? Do do you like book with them and then they sort of outsource the excursions or the tours to the local companies or are you booking with Viador and Viador is providing the service? Do you, you know no, what I mean? Usually they're finding uh they're just a third party. Think okay. of them like uh in 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 some cases like some of the tour companies you find are almost like Uber where they've got a variety of tour guides. They post, "Hey, I've got this group of two people that are going to be in London on this day and they're interested in seeing these things and the uh, tour uh, someone who's you know an expert for that area and give those tours will pop in and say yeah I can do that one that day oh wow so so even some of the tour companies almost have the same operating model as like okay. a, you know like a, a, a DoorDash or an Uber where it's somebody who they employ or regularly use or contract out to do it so uh, it, it even takes it a step further interesting and that almost makes it sound like you can sort of customize your your tour. Is that accurate? So, so you can for some of them. So that's okay. the next one. That's okay. a good lead in. So the group tours you really can't custom because they're already kind of got it. Okay. Yes. Yep. The private tours are great. They're a higher cost, but they really maximize your time. You get to see the things you want for longer. And in some cases, or a lot of cases, you book directly with the provider, and there's a dialogue back and forth that's really good and important, and you get to work out what you want. And as I talked through some of the experiences we had both before and after, there were some great private tours that we did through Yellow Moon Tours, which operates in London, New York City, and Paris. And I highly recommend them as a company because the product we got from them was top-notch. Mm. Cool. Uh, the next one that I recommend is concerts and shows. You know, uh, I kind of I started doing this on our second cruise we did to Alaska back in man 15, and uh, I bought my wife tickets for her birthday to see Andrea Bocelli, and uh, really cool. Yeah, uh, he blew the doors off the place. It's still one of the best concerts I've been to. And on this particular trip, though, uh, I looked up concerts and shows, and we uh, saw Back to the Future the musical. Cool. And then on the way home, we actually swung through. It just so happened when we were driving back from. Minneapolis to home that uh, we are able to catch train and better than Ezra in concert uh, in awesome. Moorhead, Minnesota. So I, I think one of the things that I love about this model, Chris, and sort of maximizing your 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 vacation time and your vacation dollars is when I go to places, I really like to do local things and sort of experience local culture and food and whatever the people are doing in these places that you're visiting. I like to kind of experience and you get that through these these tours and 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 shows or whatever you're doing at these places. So I, I think this is a great model to sort of build your vacation around. Yeah, yeah, it really works well. And like I said, for us, uh, we really like to take advantage of being in some of the larger cities that we get to with cruising yep. in order to see some of those things we don't get to maybe get to see here as often. So. Yeah, yeah. So Disney Cruise Line appears to be doing more and more cruises out of Southampton as it becomes you know a more popular. Um, home port, I think there will be a lot of people interested in visiting London kind of either before or after these cruises. And so I know you spend a few days there before the cruise. Talk about your experiences in London before uh, before your trip. Yeah, so uh, the couple of things just specifically for London, because Disney is coming, sounds like they plan on cruising out of there quite a bit. You know, they swap back and forth to Dover um, when they operate there around the British Isles, but this would work for either of them because they're both... Uh, uh, a short day, tr- you know, a quarter of a day away from the cruise port if you're staying in London as a base. So uh, a couple trips I'll just give out right away is the Heathrow Express. Look that up. Get to know that. That is uh, uh, the fast train from London's Heathrow Airport, which is where most people are going to fly into when they're flying into that area because it is the largest of the airports in the region. 
Uh, it is a cheaper way to get downtown and it is much quicker because it doesn't make any of the stops the other trains do. You can take the Elizabeth line and some of the other, uh, there's some other ways to get there, but I think bang for your buck and easiest to do is that Heathrow Express. And if you buy your ticket like 30 days out or more, you get it at a pretty good discount. So look up the Heathrow Express and research that. The other thing I'll say here is a good time is I use City Mapper. Have you ever used City Mapper before? I haven't. It it's a great app that works in most major cities around the world where you pick what city you're in. And you'll say, hey, I want to go from – so we got to our hotel, dropped our bags. Where would you stay? Uh, we stayed in Victoria, uh, right by the train station there in Victoria, and we stayed at the Doubletree. Okay. Um, it was okay. Okay. <laughs> it was okay. The location was absolutely great. Okay, yep. It was uh, – and it had great air conditioning. We had our own bathrooms. You know, sometimes people do the uh, um, the hostel thing. It, I mean, it's a, it's a hotel. I don't know if it's the quality that I've had in other double trees. Okay. But but we had a safe place to stay at night. We had a fridge. We had, you know, it was okay. But uh, the city mapper, we plugged in there that we wanted to go to Abbey Road, and it gave us like four different options. It told us, hey, if you want to take a cab, this is the probable cost for taking a cab from oh, where wow. you're at now. And here's how you can call for one. Just click here, and it will take you to the website, and you can order one or, or dial the phone number and order one. Or you can take the metro and go from here to this stop to this stop to this stop and then get out and walk here and it'll tell you. Or you can just walk it. Or here's the bus lines you can take to get there and here's what the timing looks like for you to get there based on all the different routes of travel you could t- or modes of travel you could take. Wow. It's a really great app. I highly recommend yeah, super it helpful. when you're traveling. Uh, and it puts everything in. Uh, not that the UK was hard for us to understand the local language, um, but <laughs> but in other places it was invaluable when we were uh, – that came the, – the language barrier was more of a thing when we were in Copenhagen. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so actually that first day we went out to Abbey Road and did the uh, the tourist thing there and yep. took the picture across in the street. Uh, cool. Uh, and then I took my wife past an area called Old Bond Street I think is what it was called. And it's an outdoor kind of mall area that's there in London that you kind of you walk down and there's uh, shops on both sides, uh, really high end shops on both sides of the road. It's certainly not places me and Kelsey normally uh, get a chance to see or shop at here in uh, North Dakota. But uh, we we walked down that road, saw a couple of the different shops. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do anything that was too heavy on the brain that day because I knew we would be super jet lagged and waiting for our hotel room. So uh, we walked on there. And then after that, we hit uh, we hit Fortnum and Mason. And that actually we learned about that on a podcast that was actually uh, the DCL duo uh, recommended that on their podcast from a trip they had to London previously. And that was absolutely amazing. And they served like scones and finger sandwiches. It was amazing. Uh, I'm not a tea guy. I, I'm, my wife, like whenever she's drinking tea, I just kind of <laughs> turn my lip up at her and look the other way because I won't do it. Um, but but, I but actually, when you're in London, you got to do it, though. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to do that. Yeah. Like that. So that's one of the kind of the experiences that was uh, quintessentially English that yes. I wanted to give that experience to my wife. Yeah. So um, I, I looked it up and that was a great, great experience. The nice part, too, is there wasn't there were no rules for what you had to wear or how you had to come. Okay. Right. Like yep. they, they, they want everyone to kind of have that high tea uh, experience with them. So it, it was great. You saw people that were really dressed up and you saw some people that were wearing jeans like and everyone had the great 
service that you get there, you know, as we looked around, like, uh, it really was a great experience. And we saw, you know, large families there with young kids and they were taking in the experience too. So, uh, it was really great. Made me fall in love with scones as well. I'd never had a scone before this trip and, um, (laughs) uh, they do it the right way there. Nice. So. Uh, after that, we that where that is, we just kind of walk through. Uh, it's called St. James Park. Um, it's right there by Buckingham Palace. And we kind of walked through the park there and took it easy until we got the heads up that our room was ready via text. And then we headed over to the hotel. And uh, I think we were asleep by like 3.30 and very <laughs> exhausted and tired and yeah. just ready for some rest. Uh, we woke up at about 8.30. Didn't feel like going anywhere for dinner, so we broke out some leftover desserts we had from the high tea and kind of had a little picnic in the room that uh, that evening and nice. went right back to sleep. So after that, we started up with Yellow Moon Tours. So we booked a day and a half with them in London. The first section was a half day with them. Um, they sent JT. He was amazing. If you go to London and you're booking with Yellow Moon Tours, ask him for JT. He was great the way he can tell a story, the way he presents everything. Uh, he really did a good job. Did he, he have did, a good English accent? He did. He nice. had a good, solid English accent. <laughs> so um, he took us through uh, Parliamentary Square and Westminster Abbey, past the Victoria Tower and the Elizabethan Tower, which is where Big Ben is. That's a, that's the actual name of it. Ben, Big Ben's the name of the, the bell, if you haven't heard that before, and then took us past kind of the Royal Stables, through St. James Park, and then uh, we saw the changing of the guard. Oh, cool. Uh, yep. Over there at Buckingham Palace. That's a pretty big experience. You have to get there early. We didn't get there quite as early, so I would say our view was probably kind of a B, but we that was something, because it was a private tour, that was something they asked us and we worked out. Like, we would rather see, There's, a, I mean, we could always watch a YouTube video being there and experiencing it was enough for us without having to be there right on top of the gates and yeah. and experience it that way. Like we wanted to see as many things as we could while we had the tour guide. Uh, so we, we did that. Um, one thing of note with the changing of the guard, they only do it on certain days and I can't remember when. So make sure that's a, if you're going to London, that's a good point of research for you to get after is they, I think they only do it every 48 hours mm. is the way that it works. So then after that, we were uh, walking around that area a little bit more there by St. James Palace, which is right over there by the park. And and uh, there's, there's a lot of different, you know, castles and palaces that are from families from before or earlier parts in the monarchy that, you know, there's a story to tell for all of them. So we spent some time uh, with some of the different palaces that are in that area. And then he took us out to Trafalgar Square and uh, dropped us off at a really great lunch spot. And we, we ate at this place called the Admiralty. It was a great little place that my, my wife really enjoyed. And we kind of did the the atypical, uh, uh, you know, she did fish and chips. And um, I did uh, like a um, kind of a beef pot pie kind of a thing that's common for that area. And after that, we went back and rested in the room for a little bit. And then we headed back out later that evening and went out to uh, Piccadilly Circus. And uh, I'm going to mess up this name, Les- Lexer Square. There's a bunch of like characters in Shakespeare that there are statues of. So there's Paddington the Bear. Uh, Mr. Bean is in that square, <laughs> Indiana Jones. So there's a few like Harry Potter, obviously, Mary Poppins, because there's a popular, uh, uh, you know, British character. So uh, it was, uh, that was kind of a neat spot that we saw. We had uh, dinner just at, uh, you know, we don't have Shake Shack. And my wife's a big fan, so I made sure she got Shake Shack on the trip. It had to happen in London, but she still got Shake Shack. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, nice. 
then we kind of went through Covent Garden and saw the Waterloo Bridge, which is a bridge built by all women. Uh, so there's kind of an interesting history there. And then uh, and then we went to the Adelphi and saw Back to the Future, the musical, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's actually coming to Broadway. Oh, wow. And if you get the chance to see it, it is an absolute great musical. Cool. We had a great time seeing it. I have a, a kind of a funny story. Speaking of theaters uh, in London, when when I visited London, it was as part of our study abroad program in college, and we were, I was living in Rome at the time, and we had flown to London. And at the time that I was in Italy, the exchange rate was at like an all time high against the dollar. It was almost it was almost two to one the euro against the dollar. So we had no money at all we like we brought we literally packed bags of pasta that you just add hot water to and like shake up and that was going to be our how we were eating when we visited london so we we literally had no plans in london we had a friend who was who was studying there he let us stay with with him and the the first night we got there he's like hey you want to go check out this casino they're having a a free buffet to to people who come and visit the casino i'm like well (laughs) this is the only way we're gonna get to eat something here in london so yeah why don't we go check it out and so we went I think I I think I had brought like fifty pounds with me. Like that was all I had for the whole visit to London. And I just I told my wife, I'm like, let's see if we can let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can win some money here. And she was like, Okay, we're gonna lose all our money and we're not gonna get to do anything here in London. <laughs> so I ended up with with twenty pounds, I played um roulette and I ended up winning like a hundred and eighty pounds or something. And so we ended up we yeah, exactly. We get we we went to see the Lion King, we got to go out to dinner somewhere, and so we ended up getting to do some things in London, but <laughs> it was it was very uh very irresponsible of us to, or of me to kind of spend our money that way, but it ended up working out well. So we got to see the Lion King uh, in a theater there in London. So it's really great theater scene right there in downtown London. Oh yeah. There's a bunch of great shows. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I was upset. I didn't research. I didn't know wicked was still running there. Oh, if I'd known that I'd have you sure seen wicked? my wife to wicked. Cause she has not seen it yet. So, oh, but you've seen it. Um, no, I've not seen it either. I guess I've seen some clips gotcha. of it, but uh, another, I mean, she would have loved it. Another funny story about me that very few people know. And now more people are going to, I've, I think I've seen wicked eight to 10 times. It is, it's, it is phenomenal. Every time it comes to Boston, uh, we, well, we haven't in a while, but back years ago before we had kids, every time it would come to Boston, we would go see it sometimes twice. It's just, it's so I've seen it in New York. It's just a really good, a really good show. So if you ever have the chance, obviously it sounds like you already want to do want to anyway, but it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. That's actually, that's the one that got away. So the first cruise we booked with you was over COVID and it was going to take us out of New York city. Oh yeah. Yep. And we were going to do the Halloween on the high seas headed North out of New York city. And I was going to take my wife. I was going to take her to see frozen the musical <laughs> and I was going to take her to see wicked. Oh. And we ended up canceling that trip. Yep. Yep, so, that's too bad. Uh, that's too we'll, bad. we'll get back to it sometime, but no, Wicked's definitely on the yeah. list. Um, but you brought up a really good point there, and that's like research currency and tipping. That's the other thing we did mm. for the trip. And most banks will let you order foreign currency through them and have it to you in like two to three business days. Like before you either, leave, you mean? Yep, they can yeah. either send it to your home or they can send it to a branch where you can pick it up at a branch. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of them, like some of the large ones let you order a currency exchange like right off the app. 
and oh, they wow. take the money right out of your account and then drop it in a FedEx envelope to your house the next day. Oh, wow. um, it can be that quick. Yeah. And uh, doing it through your bank is cheaper, obviously, than paying the ATM fees overseas in the, the foreign currency transaction. And, and it's definitely cheaper than some of the currency exchange places you see in airports and in some of the touristy areas of big cities. Yeah. So that's another really good point to bring up. I, I left with five different currencies. <laughs> wow. You left UK, you left North Dakota UK, with five different currencies? Yep, the wow. UK, France, uh, Iceland, Norway, and Denmark all use different currencies. Wow. So <laughs> and we wanted to make sure we had cash for like tipping sure, the yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So gotcha. Anyway, day three was a full day with Yellow Moon. Uh, it was David. David was uh, another great tour guide through Yellow Moon. It felt like we had a history professor with us for the day. Like he was oh, so knowledgeable everywhere we went. It was great. Um, he took us into Westminster Abbey and we got to see some of the different folks that are buried there within Westminster Abbey and learned a lot about the history of the building, how it was constructed, um, some of the different folks that have been memorialized there. Really was a great tour of Westminster. Uh, we, after that, we saw one of my highlights for the trip, which was the Churchill War Rooms. And that's a bunker underneath an area there by uh, uh, 10 Downing where they ran World War II from this bunker underground for most of uh, World War II, which was just amazing history there to see if you're if you're into World War II. It, it, it definitely uh, set us up nicely for Normandy as we passed through uh, Cherbourg. Then we uh, went out to the Tower of London and saw the crown jewels and the ravens there. And White Tower, which is loaded with like all of these old pieces of armor, and and it's like an armory filled with different swords and weapons that were used by the British government through the years. Uh, and the Crown, you know, going all the way back. Um, so that was a really cool experience. Then we uh, we went and checked out the London Eye, and we oh, loved cool. it. Uh, some people don't like it and yeah. think it's, you know, it's not a Ferris wheel. It's an observation deck, and but it was. We had a great experience there. We took some great pictures of the city. We really enjoyed it. It was a like a great, great part of the trip for sure. And then we headed out to the Tower Bridge ourselves and checked that area out right before heading to the Sky Garden, which is another like observation deck. You can get it up there for free or you can have a dinner reservation for the restaurant at the top. I didn't want a chance not getting the free ticket, so we had the dinner reservation I recommend the free ticket. Okay. <laughs> so the restaurant was 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 pricey, but just okay. Mm, okay. Day four, we didn't have a lot planned because we knew it was the day before getting on the ship, and we wanted to take it easy. We didn't. <laughs> we were just kind of out on our own. Uh, we went out and saw the British Museum, which has you know the Rosetta Stone, and uh, you know there's a lot of different things from when the British Empire was expanding across the world that they have in their collection there for you to see. That's uh, uh, it really is a neat collection. If you have the opportunity, it's worth seeing it. Um, we went out to a couple of local, uh, like a local cupcake place that, uh, we had seen online. We went out, I took my wife to, uh, I'm going to mess up the name, but, uh, Chauvenel at Walker, which is like the official chocolatier, of the Royal family. Oh, my wife likes her chocolate. And that was, uh, that was a, I really wanted to make sure Kelsey got to go to some special places that she would remember. And, uh, that was definitely a good one to add to the list. She really, uh, you know, that and going to Fortnum and Mason, she really, really enjoyed kind of fell in love with like a local fast food place there in London called Paul's. It was like a French be- uh, bakery that had like ham and Swiss sandwiches and stuff like that. We had that a couple of times while we were in the city, just kind of hopping around from place to place. We did that day. And then, uh, uh, I wanted to walk out and see where MI6 was. 
just because we'd seen it in so many yeah, movies. That's and cool. We were looking to get out of the room while the housekeeper was still finishing up that day before we were repacking for the next day. And then uh, we went back to the room and we repacked a little bit. And then we headed out to a place called What the Fish, which was a local fish and chip place that we had researched online that was like, there's a lot of great places to get fish and chips there. There's a lot of bad places to get fish mm, and chips sure. there. We wanted a good local place that wasn't one of the touristy spots. A lot of people love poppies, and I'm sure it's good. But uh, we went out to What the Fish and had you know fish and chips the way it's supposed to with nice. uh, mushy peas and had a great time. That's awesome. Uh, and most of that travel around the city was all – we only took a cab once. Okay. Once we were there, and it was because I couldn't carry the bags through the metro stations anymore. How did the tour bring you around? Was it walking mostly? It was a lot of it was walking okay. because of where we were so close to the city. Yeah, there were a couple of times uh, we hopped on the boat once. Oh, and took a boat uh, across the uh, the Thames River. Yep, from one stop to another, and that was uh, when we were David when we went from the Churchill War Rooms out to the Tower of London. Uh, we were on a boat. It was kind of chill for about a half hour, and then we were we were the next spot. So, all right. So uh, after that, uh, one of the Viator tours we picked up. Uh, on our way out to the Disney Dream in Southampton was to see Stonehenge. It was really cool to see. It's kind of like Pisa. If there's one thing we could tell everybody on the podcast today, it's if you stop in that part of, you know, whether it's, uh, I think it's Livorno is where they've been stopping lately, but I don't know where the Dream stopped this year. Don't just go to Pisa, go to Florence too. Because Pisa is <laughs> just like right. the European version of a ball of yarn. <laughs> <laughs> right, the big ball of yarn. So, like, and that's the way Stonehenge is. Like, when you see it, it don't get me wrong, it's neat to see. Yeah. It's a cool experience. But once you've like taken the picture yeah. of someone awkwardly, else like, holding it yeah. up in their hands, <laughs> yeah. you're ready to go. That's exactly what Pisa is. That's very well, uh, very well described. And Good it, it's, analogy. It's, it's two and a, it's two to two and a half hours out there in the traffic. Okay. Yeah. That's around the site, and then you got that back into the city. So if you're doing it, do it in route to something else. Gotcha. So so you, through Yellow Moon Tours, you arranged a transfer from London to... Nope, that was through Viator. Oh, so through Viator, so sorry. So that was the one I booked through Viator. Got it. But but it was a... It picked you up in London and brought you to the, to the cruise port, but via Stonehenge. Correct. Oh, really cool. And the, the ship, the, uh, or the bus was full. Wow. The bus was full, so it stopped at a couple of different hotels there in London. And there were a couple of buses that were the same organization going to the Disney Dream that day that we ran into out there at Stonehenge. Hmm. Okay. So it, it must be pretty common yeah. thing for, for I, folks that's, to pick up and do. That's fascinating. That, that's the first that I had heard of that. And I think that's a great a great option rather than just you know having the bus pick you up in London and bring you right to the cruise port. Go see something. Yeah. So I know, Chris, that next on your list is to talk about kind of your experiences post-cruise after Denmark, but I, I wanted to ask you about your experience in Cheborg and your, specifically your visit to Normandy. That was a an excursion that you researched and booked on your own, right? That was not something that was booked through Disney Cruise Line? Yep. So I booked that one through Viator as well. Okay. And I booked that one out like a year ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, when we booked the cruise through you shortly after I kind of flagged, Cherbourg uh, was a Sunday stop for the cruise ship. The other thing is cruise ships don't – Cherbourg does not have the traffic 
for cruise ships that some of these other, like that Barcelona or mm. a, a Nice or a Marseille has it. The, the as a matter of fact, uh, the guide that we had there, Mike, um, had told us that you know, there's maybe, you know, two or three cruises, sometimes less a month that pop through Cherbourg that mm. so many of them stop in La Havre now, which is further west. No, sorry, further east. Okay. And there's so much traffic there now because of the cruise ships and everyone wants to go to Paris because it's closer to Paris. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Cherbourg was, uh, I mean, for us, it was an absolute treat. Like I said, we booked that tour through Viator. I should have researched it better because I would have found Mike directly if I could have in order to take care of him even better. But we, we, we took care of him the best we could. You know, we um, I'll tell you, this is me, um, you know, people that make time for Kelsey and I to like reconnect. I think, you know, like is a is really important to me to to show gratitude to those people and be generous to them as well. So if you're out with a private tour guide all day, I would tell you, like, buy him lunch. And don't make that a part of the tip. Don't count that as part of the tip when you're counting at the end of the night. Like, take care of those folks. They're spending their whole day with you and giving yeah. you everything they've got to give you a great experience. Like, take care of them back. If you're having a good experience, um, you know, show 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 some good gratitude. So we took Mike to lunch that day, and then um, cool. we thanked him pretty well at the end. So that's great. That's that's great advice. And I, and I know Normandy was kind of a a high priority for you for this cruise specifically. So I'm, you know, I was glad to hear that you were able to find a tour that, that sort of did that, that justice and do it. I, I think you would say that your, your experience at Normandy, the most was, important day we've ever had on vacation. Yeah. Right. Saying it like it's Normandy. You don't really say it's great. It's humbling. It's, yeah. there's a lot of emotions that day. Yeah. Uh, the most important day we've ever had on vacation. My wife agrees with that. Um, and while we're on it real quick, um, allied victory tours, is Mike's tour company. Okay, yep. He runs it himself. He's a, a, a World War II reenactor there in the region. So he is constantly uh, re doing different battle reenactments in the area uh, as different uh, American or allied forces. And uh, so he's doing it in his free time. He's doing it for work, and he knows it so well. Yeah. So highly recommend Allied Victory Tours. Cool. Uh, and you can find it, like, it's alliedvictorytours.com. So awesome. look yeah. up Mike. He'll take good care of you. So the cruise ended in Copenhagen, right? And then you spent the day in Copenhagen when you got off. So tell us, tell us about your, your post-cruise experiences ashore. Yep. So uh, real quick, I booked a multi-city ticket when I was booking through Delta, which is where you pick, you know, point A, B, um, sometimes C, D, E, and F, right? You can pick as many cities and you pick what from where and it, it can be open in places it doesn't have to have. You know, so for us, it was a Minneapolis to London and then it was Copenhagen uh, to Minneapolis. And the best way to do that was through Charles de Gaulle. Um, we had an eight-hour layover in Charles de Gaulle and I'll, I'll talk about Paris in a minute. But uh, we decided to leave Copenhagen the next day and stay one day in the city and see it ourselves. We did hear uh, some folks on the cruise uh, did opt to have Disney arrange a tour for them mm. that day in Copenhagen. Oh, but wow. this, was an, this was another tour I picked up via Viator. So we had uh, booked a tour through Viator. A very uh, sweet lady named Leslie, who was Swedish, took us around uh, Copenhagen in the afternoon. So Kelsey and I were kind of off on our own at first, and then we met up with her as the day went on. So uh, the first place that uh, we had gone to, so we stayed at Hotel Bethel 
I highly recommend it. It was a great hotel right in the kind of the heart of the city. The one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, it's an older, a lot of these buildings are older than our country to include uh, the Hotel Bethel. Uh, although it had been modernized, uh, it did not have air conditioning. <laughs> uh, uh, and I will tell you that conditioned air is very common in the United States, but not so common uh, over there in Europe in some of the yeah. older buildings. So um, we, we had to open up our windows at night to stay cool, which wasn't a big deal, except for uh, New Haven. Uh, that area, which is the harbor kind of area that you see with all the different colored homes whenever you see a picture of Cope or all the different colored buildings, kind of that Art Deco style, is uh, a very hopping place until about two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were we should have just stayed out and partied. Um, uh, but uh, we dropped off our bags there. It was a great hotel. Um, and we actually went to St. Peter's Bakery. The name has got its uh, saint and bakery are a little different there in Copenhagen. But if you look up St. Peter's Bakery, you'll get it. And it takes you to that area of the city. And it's like the oldest bakery in Copenhagen. Mm. It's from like 1500s. And their claim to fame is that's the, where the first Danish was made. So I took oh, wow. Kelsey for a Danish Danish. I, I took her <laughs> I, I took her to Denmark to take her to – The OG uh, Danish. Yeah, yeah, and it was amazing. It was uh, we had one. Uh, there's a great picture of us together that we have of that little sit down outside the bakery, and uh, that was a great first stop. Then we uh, walked our way out to the Little Mermaid statue that's there uh, uh, along the water there, um, which was a very cool thing to see. Obviously, being on a Disney cruise, uh, I imagine a lot of folks getting off the ship that day probably prioritize seeing that. Uh, it's easy to get to. And then we went through the the Castellet, uh, which is like a, an old fort that was there in Copenhagen along the harbor there to kind of protect the, the city um, from way back when. And uh, that was a, kind of an interesting thing to see. It was uh, certainly a good, uh, uh, you know, kind of the we, – when we were in Copenhagen, a lot of the places we planned to see, we wanted to kind of see as a counterpoint to the stuff we saw when we were in London. So we saw the crown jewels in London. We saw the crown jewels in Denmark as well. Oh, cool. So then that actually leads me to the next spot. That was Rosenborg Castle, where you see the crown jewels. Um, they had the, another room that had that was called the glass room that had all of these like cups in China from and just the way it was stacked together and everything had its own shelf. It was it was really a neat place to see. It was an old palace that was used um, by the royal family in Denmark years and years ago. There's a lot of great art in that palace. There's a lot of great history for Denmark there. It's a great spot. Uh, that was one of the places where we used a city card. So in Copenhagen, we had the city card. That was one location we used it in. The spot we went to after that, which was the National Museum of Denmark, um, we used that um, that Copenhagen card again to get in there. The National Museum was a great stop for us because they have a fairly new uh, exhibit that they put in that covers uh, the Vikings. So they, they've always had an exhibit oh, wow. there, but they, they kind of refreshed it. And there's like a walking theater tour where there you're kind of seeing the life of this Viking that tried to travel and conquer Rome and get to Rome. And they show you uh, you kind of walk through these vignettes that are projected onto these different curved screens that kind of walk you through. And there's artifacts in between them for you to kind of look at and read about as you're moving through these different uh, vignettes of the story of this Viking. So uh, and it kind of finishes with one of the rune stones uh, that they're known so well for. So. It was, that was a really cool experience uh, there, and it was something that we wanted to see why we were in Copenhagen. And then after that, uh, we met up with our tour guide, 
and Leslie uh, showed us a few more things in the museum, and then we headed out to Christianborg Palace, which was really beautiful. It is the current palace for uh, not only the royal family, but it's also the palace where their legislative branch and their Supreme Court all operate out of. So oh. their entire government operates out of this one palace there. And it's actually one of the highest points you can get at in the city. So if you want to take pictures of the city, and even from there you can see I forget the name of it, but there's a bridge that crosses over into Sweden, and you can see that bridge and see Sweden from the top of oh, that wow. tower there in Copenhagen. So uh, uh, it was pretty cool. It was very cool. Our tour guide took us past kind of the area that is Christiana, so and she kind of explained what it was and told us a little bit about it. And then from there, we headed back to uh, Niehaven. Uh, and then we had dinner right there in uh, Niehaven at this place called McJoy's Choice. Uh, great little like uh, pub that was there. Uh, my wife had some schnitzel that was really great. Uh, I had crispy pork, which is the national dish of Denmark, the national oh. plate of Denmark. It's really popular there. Um, wasn't for me. <laughs> crispy pork wasn't for me. It was uh, it was very crispy. It is as advertised. As advertised. Huh, so interesting, uh, okay. but. Uh, but it was a great experience, and we kind of embraced being in, you know, Copenhagen that night by making sure we went to a local spot. So, yeah. next morning we got up really early, got picked up by a, a, a transfer um, that I had booked through Viator again. Um, that took us right to the airport because we had to be at the airport at like four o'clock in the morning to catch our flight. And we started from Copenhagen and went to Charles de Gaulle in Paris, where we had an eight-hour layover. And, and Chris, can you? Touch a little bit more on this because this this fascinated me. This was something that I was not aware of because you actually intentionally booked rather than flying from Copenhagen to New York or Atlanta or wherever it was and then up to North Dakota, you intentionally booked a uh, a flight from Copenhagen to Paris, knowing it had a you know an eight hour layover and you could potentially spend some time in Paris and then a direct flight from um, from Paris back to whatever the the main airport was that you flew out of I just can you just talk a little bit more about your the logistics around that and how you made those yeah, choices because so, I thought yeah, that so was so so interesting that's a really good question because uh, I think some people if you haven't traveled internationally before you can miss this and that is the first airport you hit coming into the United States you will have to go through customs so they'll make you clear customs and border border and then they'll make you retrieve your bags and turn them back into your airline carrier to finish your the domestic part of your trip. So I I try to avoid any legs in the United States other than the one from Europe. So I had the option of yeah you're right flying through LaGuardia or flying through Atlanta, but the problem would have been as I would have had to go through customs, would have had to retrieve my bags, then go back through security, turn in bags and now some of them have gotten better where you don't have to go through security and they keep you within security the whole time, but you still have to go to a certain ticketing area in order to to get back on your flight. And so I tried to avoid that by making sure whatever my first flight into the States is, is where I want to be. If you have that luxury, I, I recommend it. Some people, you don't have that. Um, but just be aware that you will have to retrieve your bags in a lot of locations and turn turn them back in. So, um, so yeah, so the last cruise we were on was in 2019 uh, when we went to uh, the Mediterranean and saw Rome and Barcelona and, uh, and, and France and uh, the south of France, and it was beautiful. And I told myself I wasn't going to waste an opportunity again because I felt like I wasted our last night in Rome because we got in on the ship, 
spent some time in the airport and then stayed at the Hilton that's out there by the airport and didn't go back into Rome. Um, so when planning this trip, when I had eight hours in Paris, uh, I said, I'm going to take my wife to see the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to take her to see whatever else I can get in that time, and I'm going to get her to a local French bakery. Uh, you can see a theme. We do. There's a sweet tooth somewhere in our house. <laughs> yes. um, there might be two of them. <laughs> anyway, um, so I uh, reached out to Yellow Moon because I'd seen on their website when I was booking everything for London that they also had uh, um, services in Paris. And we made arrangements. That, uh, it came at a price, but the price was well worth it. Um, we made arrangements, and I will tell you, uh, uh, Dimitri and Davi were absolutely amazing. They actually, they know I'm going to be on the show, and they're looking forward to listening to it. They were amazing. Uh, I got to, you know, clap right now for Dimitri. He got us through the uh, traffic circle at the Arc de Triomphe wow. uh, uh, very quickly and without fail. Uh, the best driver in all of Paris. Nice. Without a doubt. <laughs> That's awesome. Dimitri's the best driver in all of Paris. And uh, Davi was absolutely prepared for the kind of tour that we had asked for. So he had uh, brought some books, and even some of them were children books because they were the perfect book to show us pictures and talk about <laughs> the locations and some of the, uh, the interesting facts about the locations. But they picked us up from the airport. Uh, uh, Dimitri had come in to, to kind of get us while, uh, Davi was out with the vehicle and, uh, they picked us up in this beautiful, uh, Mercedes van and they drove us around the city as we were driving from Charles de Gaulle into the city. Uh, Davi was getting to know us and talking to us about all these different places we could, uh, uh, you know, that we were going to see ahead of time with the, these books that he had brought along that were absolutely great. And then we we saw uh, I'm going to mess it up. Uh, it, Sacred Heart Church is up on a hill there, and it gives you a great view of the city. Uh, then we went by the Arc de Triomphe. Mercy Jerome was the name of the great bakery that my uh, wife and I went to, and uh, I think she's still eating macaroons that she brought from <laughs> Paris. That's and awesome. we've been home for a couple of weeks yeah. now. But she absolutely loved it, you know, the the uh, the pan au chocolate and, you know, all of those things that are just so great about French bakery uh, uh, that are there. So we loved it. It was great. Um, after that, uh, they took us out to the Eiffel Tower. Um, the other thing that's really great about having a private guide is you always have someone that's ready to take a picture of you guys when you're out. Someplace. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Selfies are great. And they're great for they have a place on Instagram and, you know, all those places. But sometimes it's great just to have the picture. And there's a beautiful picture he took of me and my wife kissing out by the Eiffel Tower. And it's it's one of my favorite from the trip. And I like it's just a moment I'm going to treasure for a while. Uh, you know, my wife gets this look on her face time to time. The first time I saw it was when I I took her to see the ocean after uh, it was we went on our first trip to Disney in 2011. It was about two years after we got married. And uh, it was the first time she saw the ocean. There was this look on her face. And I'll tell you, Wes, I'm like that's that's what I get after. That's why I work hard is I, I want to see that look as many times as I can. I love before, that. Before this time's up. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Anyway. Then he took us by uh, kind of an old, an old war museum there. It's actually where Napoleon's buried, and it was interesting oh. to talk to him because some people in France absolutely love Napoleon, and some think he was an absolute tyrant. Sure, like, yeah. And there's all They're this, polarizing. you because know, we were talking about the movie coming up, and there's all this kind of dichotomy there in the country among amongst uh, Parisians and Frenchmen about Napoleon. So that was a really cool conversation that we were able to have with the private guide. So that was great. Then he took us to the Pantheon there, and then we went out to uh, a couple of churches. The first one was uh, Iglesias St. Severin, which is this beautiful old Gothic-style uh, um, church that's not too far from Notre Dame. 
and uh, it's uh, it's got some great beautiful stained glass windows on the inside and is a great spot right now while they're still redoing Notre Dame. If you want to experience like good Gothic churches and, and that style and something that's very similar. So, Got it. um, I was going to ask you about Notre Dame. It was, it, is it still, you know, under, under construction or under repair? Yep. So it's still yeah. under repair from, uh, the fire, um, they were hoping to have it done by the Olympics next year. It sounds mm-hmm. like that's not going to okay. be done in time. It was interesting to hear, uh, you know, because we had all that time in the vehicle. The the Sen is actually where they're going to do the opening ceremony, I oh, guess. Oh, wow. Uh, so they're, the Paris is getting ready. They're yeah. actually filtering the water in the river. And it's now one of the – it's gone from one of the dirtiest to one of the cleanest rivers in the world. Wow. Um, because of the effort that they've put yeah. in there. And that's going to be long-lasting even past the Olympics. Okay. Uh, that that filtration is going to work for them. So yeah. they've done a good job of investing in the Olympics, but investing in their future. Yeah. And that's something we always ask about when we go to cities, because uh, when we were in Vancouver the first time, we saw kind of the Olympic torch that's there uh, right by the harbor and stuff like that. So as we go to these places like Barcelona and Paris, yeah. you know, those are all things. London, uh, we ask about those things during our our tours if we can. So yeah. it's something we're just interested in. That's so. awesome. And and how long was your your tour around Paris? We were with them for about three and a half, four hours, and yeah. then they got us back to the airport, so, so cool. we had enough time to get through security. Uh, that was kind of a whole thing because the, uh, the the airline had swapped out the plane, and like 40 people weren't making the flight back to Minneapolis. Luckily, we weren't. Uh, by the grace of God, we weren't one of the 40 people well, that yeah. weren't missing uh, the flight back to Minneapolis because that would have uh, – um, we had some, uh, still some vacation plans in, in stateside that we were getting yeah. after, like sitting at a lake for a couple of days in northern Minnesota. Yeah, and and then go into that concert. Yeah, so uh, I was awesome. glad we did it. Our bag made it. Uh, I know a lot of people had problems with bags too. I saw, but uh, we were very blessed. We bags and bags and bodies all made it to where they needed to go. So we were good. That's awesome. Well, Chris, I really, I really appreciate you sharing these experiences with with me and with 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 us. I, you know, we like I said had talked offline a little bit about this, and I just I was so fascinated by kind of the research you had done and, and the tours that you chose, and you know, just just hearing about your experiences which in these in these destinations before and after the cruise, um, I thought was really was really valuable. And you know, for those listening, I know this is a different type of pod, you know, episode that we've done. It's not kind of focused on the cruise it's kind of focused more on you know the 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 part of the vacation outside of the cruise but I, I you know I think there's a lot of valuable lessons that you shared with us Chris on just you know how to plan and some things to keep in mind and so I appreciate you sharing all all of your experiences with us yeah no thanks for having me on the show as always Wes and I, I got to tell you like thank you for the show um you know thank you for uh, planning the trip for us. This was a great, you know, Iceland was top of my wife's bucket list. Norway was the top of mine. And we got to do those things. And to be quite honest, as much as we were looking forward to all of those things, uh, uh, these other parts of the trip were absolutely amazing. The hard part is now is I do all the vacation planning. So <laughs> how, how do you plan the one after? <laughs> that's right. That's right. How do you do the next one? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I remember, I think the, the, when, when these itineraries were released, I think you had emailed me right away and just said, this is the one like it had, it had all of these places that you really wanted to go. And so, you know, I, I was, I was really excited for you, for you and Kelsey to have this, uh, this experience. And I'm so glad to hear that it went, you know, that everything went well. That's the last tip. That's the last tip. Um, book it through Wes and book it the day that you can book it because that's the best it's going to be. That's right. Yeah. 
So. That's right. <laughs> that's a good tip, Chris. That's a good one. If you if you if you heard nothing else from this podcast, that's that's the one to hear. <laughs> but a great uh, vacation yeah. planner, terrible choice of uh, 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 beverages. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Joe. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that's uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, but yeah, Chris, thank you so much for for doing this. I I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate you and and uh, and give my best to Kelsey. Absolutely, thank you. All right, take care. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude, or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 